life of a reluctant brown girl. She's a reluctant brown girl, a reluctant brown girl. Hello, fam, and welcome to Reluctant Ramblings, a mini-series from the life of a reluctant brown girl, a space for random thoughts, advice, and stories. I'm Manisha, the reluctant brown girl, and for this episode's ramblings, I wanted to ring in the new year with all of you. We are a few days into the new year, and are you already feeling like new year, but same you? Well, let me tell you, it doesn't have to be that way. It's the best time of year to hit the upgrade button and level up, so to speak. Now, I'm not saying you need to come up with a big elaborate plan to conquer the world. In fact, quite the opposite. The new year is always the best to figure out more about you and get yourself on a path of who you want to be or become. But we can't just jump into 2021 without first acknowledging 2020. Firstly, I wanted to say you made it through 2020, which is quite a feat. I mean, we were hit with a pandemic. There was so much chaos in 2020 that everyone has been so quick to disregard it. I, however, will not. Because throughout all the hardships, there were lessons to be learned. So, with that said, here are my main takeaways from 2020. In 2020, I really learned that there's solace in the silence. I don't know about you, but I am highly scheduled. Well, I was. And life just seemed to be go, go, go. But having the time to be alone and do nothing brought on a level of comfort and peace I didn't realize was missing with all the noise. I also learned that we're bigger than ourselves. From all the protests, movements, realizations, and open conversations on race, gender, and other inequalities, I learned that there are bigger issues than our day-to-day, and being complacent and following the status quo is no longer good enough. Supporting one another is needed not only to survive, but to thrive. I also got to see that a little can still be a lot. I truly got to experience this as my closet remained virtually untouched. Well, except for sweatpants and pajamas. No material effects and possessions really helped me feel fulfilled. In fact, it was the connection and the community that helped with that. And all the amazing conversations I had were truly priceless. Which leads me to my next lesson, which is we need connection. Now, I'm not just talking about the Wi-Fi, although at a time when you have to work from home, a strong Wi-Fi connection is very useful. But when a virus is forcing us to stay apart, we found connection between the Zoom, FaceTime, and other methods of communication. We maintained relationships and a sense of community. And yes, social media did help with this. It helped us feel connected and in the loop. In 2020, I also really feel like we brought the human back. I don't know about you, but I've had the most real conversations about feelings, emotions, mental states, even in the most professional of settings. We got a glimpse at everyone being just a little more human. Our lives are messy and things go awry and it's okay to admit it and talk about it. Empathy and authenticity have really been so important in 2020. Because of that, we got to see people as more than just productive robots and as people with lives. The good, the bad, 
and the ugly all together. The last thing that was really reaffirmed for me this year is nothing is guaranteed. Not time, not money, not even tomorrow. Everyone in 2020, to a degree, experienced loss. Whether it be with a job, a loved one, or even a loss of identity. It was tough. But I think we learned to be fearless. Because life continues on, so how will we live it so it's worth remembering? Now, the question is, what do we do with all the lessons that we learned? Well, if you know me, you know how much I love making lessons into actionable goals and steps. And I can't think of a better way or time to do that than the new year. It's like hitting the reset button or having a fresh start. So you're probably wondering, that's great, that sounds awesome, but how do I do that? Well, lucky for you, I have a framework that I developed that can help you set some goals for the year to come. And the process can be broken down into just three simple parts. Reflect, reevaluate, revisit. And as simple as that, you have your resolutions. And this really works best when you write it out. So don't be scared to put pen to paper and write out those goals. I'll start with the first stage, reflect. Similar to what I did, I want you to reflect on the prior year and see what lessons you learned. A good way to structure this is by looking at two items. The first is identify the things that make you happy. Another way to look at this is what brings me joy? Yes, Marie Kondo style. Also consider what is important to you. The second item I want you to reflect on is what drains you or what does not add value to your life. Now I want to caveat this with the fact that there may be things that are viewed as quote unquote time wasters, but they bring you joy like watching television. And if that is the case, that's okay. That would probably not be put into the second category, but the first. So I want you to keep that in the back of your mind. What may not seem like it adds value or that's important to someone else may be important to you. So once you've done this, you will have a solid base moving into the reevaluate stage of the process. In the reevaluate stage, I have broken this down into three components. As you can see, I love doing things in threes. The three components are current, future, and now. Let's start with current. I want you to reevaluate what you're currently doing using your reflection points in the first step. Think about it this way. We have performance evaluations at work, so why not our lives? Ask yourself, is this serving me? Am I getting what I want or need from this? And is it in line with my reflection points? Next, I want you to take a look at your future. What are your dreams, big goals, and what changes do you want to make? And what do you want? Again, if you're struggling, your reflection points can help as a guide. And no, no goal is too big. The bigger, the better. Then that brings us to the last part of the reevaluate stage, which is now. 
I want you to take the items that you listed in the future section and use these to help form actionable steps and your yearly goals. A good way to do this is to use a big goal, such as buying a house, and then look at what it takes to buy a house, specifically how much money you will need to achieve this goal. Then, once you have the number, you continue to work backwards and start to break down that goal into smaller and smaller pieces until you find your yearly goal. Think, what can I realistically save to work my way to this goal in one year, one month, and maybe even bi-weekly? Then I want you to make a plan so that you'll stick to it. For example, if you can realistically save X amount every month, I want you to come up with a process on how you're going to ensure that money is going to be saved, such as automatic deductions or transfers upon receipt of your paycheck directly into your savings account. If your goal is, I want to get stronger, well, how are you going to do that? Perhaps that is a certain number of hours and progressive load, which includes weight and reps over time. So in order to achieve this goal, you make a decision that you want to work out every day. Well, how are you going to stay on track? Your plan should include things like the amount of time you will spend working out every day. It can be a time amount, such as 30 minutes, and even go as far as planning the time of day which you will make time to do so. If you don't plan, it will be much easier to fall off the wagon. And then we start getting into that I'll start again tomorrow mentality, or worse, the all or nothing mentality. So ensure when you are making a plan, create it so that you are progressing, but not so far that it is unattainable or unrealistic. You may also want to build in buffers to leave room for flexibility. For example, maybe not working out every day for 30 minutes, but working out five or six days a week for 30 minutes and leaving one day for that uncertainty. Also, find ways to automate processes, like the savings goal that I mentioned, or make actions habitual so they don't seem like a chore. For example, I don't think about brushing my teeth in the morning. It's a habit, so I just do it. I want your plan to reflect the same. Take as much of the thinking away to allow yourself more time for action, which will make it easier for you to stay on track. The smaller the steps, the easier they will be to achieve. It is also important to build in milestones for each of your goals throughout the year. Also, if you fall off the wagon, don't be so hard on yourself. It might be that your plan to achieve your goals was not realistic or sustainable, which brings me to the last stage, which is the revisit stage. You can think of the revisit stage as a check-in. How can you ensure that you are on track with your goals? Well, with revisiting your goals, it will allow you to hold yourself accountable. A good way to do this is using KPIs, or Key Performance Indicators. KPIs will help you determine how you are progressing toward your goal. Your KPIs should be measurable indicators that are built into your plan from the reevaluate stage. The more specific your goals or plan, the easier it will be to identify how you're progressing and tracking your KPIs, as they'll be essentially built into your plan. Going back to the example on saving for a house, 
If your goal was to save a certain amount of money each month, how are you measuring up? Are you not meeting your weekly or monthly goal? Or in the example of working out every day, are you meeting your goal of doing 30 minutes of activity every day? If not, think about why. Perhaps your daily, weekly, or monthly goal was not quite realistic. And that's okay. The whole point of the revisit is to consider how you're progressing. If you are not on track to meet your goal, you may need to modify your plan and your KPIs. The frequency of revisiting of your goals may vary, but just as a benchmark, anywhere from monthly to every quarter is a good time to revisit. For those that want more accountability, go for the weekly revisit. And as simple as that, you have some amazing goals and resolutions for the new year. So don't forget, reflect, reevaluate, and revisit. I also have a few other reminders to help you as you go through this exercise. Consider having goals in different areas of your life, such as career, personal, finances, and so on. I want you to remember small steps will help create larger changes over time. Also, don't be so hard on yourself if you have a slow start to the year than in previous years. Many of us are still recovering from the events of 2020. So all in all, remember, you got this. And what are you waiting for? Go get started. New year, new you. So what will 2021 have in store for you? Let me tell you, you don't have to guess. Reflect, reevaluate, and revisit. And as simple as that, resolutions. I'm Manisha. This is Reluctant Ramblings from the life of a reluctant brown girl. Thanks for hanging out. Oh, and Happy New Year! If you enjoyed this episode, please like, comment, and subscribe from wherever you get your podcasts. Oh, and don't forget to share with your friends. Have something or someone you want to hear on the podcast? Let us know. Leave a comment or connect with us on Instagram. See you next time!